Can I swear on this, by the way? Oh, fuck. Oh, good. No, don't fucking oh, swear. Oh, fuck. Okay, I better shut the fuck whatever up. Whatever the hell the fuck... I okay, said good, good. The hell. Yeah, yeah. This is iTunes, baby. No, we can yeah. do anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is on... Is it iTunes or is it website, actually? It's both. Oh, so both. Beauty. It's double yeah. it up, man. Double up. Yeah, double, double it, up. it up. We got Shit, this. Zip fucker cock. There we go. It's over now. Which is the title? I just lost. Album, I just right? lost like my two fans. <laughs> <laughs> they were both crazy. I cut it off at religion. Okay. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Doing It with Will Conlon. I'm Will Conlon, and listen, I sound normal again. Ah! I'm not sick anymore. Oh, my God. All right, there's a little bit there left. But still, holy shit, that was brutal. And uh, didn't get to do an episode last Monday because of it. Nobody wanted to be around me, and rightfully so. I was horking up green stuff. It looked like Slimer from Ghostbusters. It was disgusting. It's disgusting, and I'm not going to go on and on about that so that you don't throw up. <laughs> but I'm glad to, to be back doing the show again. I've already done a couple of interviews to uh, make sure that if something happens again, if I get Ebola or something like that, I got a couple covered at least. So uh, thank you for your patience. I apologize that I had to miss a Monday. and uh, But hey, here we are again. I hope you're good. I hope you're having fun. I hope you haven't been sick. Chances are you have been because everybody's been sick. But I hope you're feeling better. If you are sick, maybe you're sick at home right now. Listen to this to you and feel better. Have some orange juice. Have some soup. Enjoy this. And then maybe, you know, do some Netflixing. Do some reading. Do some video gaming. Do whatever you... Just make yourself feel better. That's all. And, and it's hard for me. I It was two weeks that I had this thing. And the the toughest part for me is, is and I get this, I know I get this from my mom because she's like this when she gets sick. It, just lay down, relax, don't do anything. I can't do that. I'm terrible at that. I'm good for maybe an hour, you know, of laying there and and, and doing nothing. And then I, I'm antsy. I gotta, I gotta get up. I gotta do something, even if it's sit at my laptop and, and do some writing, something clean something and I, it's not good just rest and sleep let it run its course through your and i'm terrible i'm a very stubborn sick person and that's probably why it took so damn long but it's better now so anyway all right today's show really really good and because i was sick i had to cancel this interview like i think it was three times and finally i got to sit down with gavin slate who is a, a, a very gifted musician an unbelievable singer with a very, very, very nice voice. The first time I saw this guy, I was like, "Oh my God! Like, how do you, how do you get a voice like that? Can you buy it? What do you have to do? Is there a way to medically have that sort of like your vocal cords readjusted or something like that? Like a sex change for your voice, sort of thing? I mean, well, it's still a male voice, but that still." I mean, you listen to him and you listen to me. I sound like an elf. He's unbelievable. He's he's very talented. He's extremely hardworking. He's very dedicated, very passionate about what he does, about his music. 
and you listen to his music and you just it goes into your soul it goes right to the heart of everything and here's proof here we're gonna listen to a bit of of a song he's done this is called friends give a listen if I met you first showed you your worth would you have lost it all there right to your soul you feel it in the in the way he plays guitar and the way he sings the way he just oh man you hear you oh man you get it man you you understand my sorrow he's so great i love talking to the guy he's a sweetheart of a man and just before i play the interview i have to apologize uh i was still just coming out of the sickness and i was still a little bit of a foggy haze and I screwed up something with the recording. So the mics, for some reason, didn't pick up the audio from the interview. But thank God, the recorder mic was still going and still recording. So it may not be as clear as the other interviews, but it's still listenable. It's still good. And it doesn't matter. The content of the interview is fantastic. Gavin's wonderful listen to with great advice. So here we go. Gavin Slate. Almost for anything creative, you do have to wait for the right time to present it as much as you want to release everything the second it's done yeah there's the right time to do it and then you know a good example is i'm pu- i'm putting out this uh song that i was telling you about it's called death row which is an old song um but it ended up getting a small placement on this uh television show called mohawk girls which is actually an aboriginal show and i'm i'm actually uh part aboriginal which you probably are you really know. yeah a lot of people don't know that but uh, uh, it's hard to tell because you are very very white i'm very fair-skinned yes <laughs> but uh i'm actually my 
my background is Métis, so really, I'm very, very Canadian. Yeah. Wait, on which side is it? On uh, my mom's, my mom. mom's side. Yeah. And what, the interesting thing about Métis is you're actually, you know, I, I would technically speaking be one eighth Métis, uh-huh. but uh, if you're um, of Métis descent. You just are Métis, so my kids will be Métis, and their kids will be Métis. Just all the way down the line on that Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, yeah. What about your dad? Um, His background, yeah, he's like Irish and shit. Just playing all Playing all white as you can get. Yeah, yeah. No, it's sort of, he's a a mix, Irish, English, you know, um, all the above. Were you brought up? I'm just, I'm kind of going off. Well, well, no, yeah, it is kind of interesting because we didn't, we didn't actually know, or I didn't know, um, until I believe it was one of my cousins did a bit of a family roots study and discovered that our background was actually Aboriginal and we were of Métis descent. And so I didn't know until probably my, uh, my mid twenties really. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was, I was always that kid in school that was like, I don't really know what my background is, but I think I'm sort of a mix of a few things, but I had no idea that I was actually, uh, that's Métis really cool to find out though. It was very cool. Yeah. It was really cool to find wow. that out. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it, it's, yeah, it was neat. And, and through my twenties, I just sort of started learning some of that culture and, mm-hmm. um, trying that, to, trying has, to embrace that more. Yeah. Has that influenced you as an artist in any way? Is there um, anything that you take? And... I think, I think maybe in some ways it just sort of explain like, some of that, the, the cultural stuff, I think music's a big part of that, oh, yeah. uh, that culture. And so I, I don't think it necessarily influenced me in a different way or made me change my course, but it certainly explained a little bit more of that, maybe the creative background and the, that sort of, you know, mindset, I guess that, um, or music, you know, music's a big part of that culture. So maybe that's, you know, explains as to why. It, it stumbled upon me, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's like, I magically became a musician. I just felt it. I'm like... I heard the hawk. <laughs> yeah. It's more, for me, I'm, I'm all about the, the blue-collar music uh, work ethic of if you do it every day, you get better at it, and that's sort of... Uh, 10,000 hours... Yeah, I guess sort of, sort of the ten thousand hours yeah. approach. Well, I, I, mean, I don't like anybody like pigeonholing it as that. No, yeah, I agree. It's, I, it's I, a, I hear that all the time. I say, I'm like, it's not. I, I, it kind of pisses me off at times. Yeah. I do agree that I'm I sorry. see where. Yes, you really offended me now. Well, I'm gonna have to leave. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I get what he's going going out with the ten thousand hours. Well, yeah, it sort of demeans it almost. It just says it sort of does. Like, yeah. You know what? If sort you if you play music for ten thousand hours, you'll be as good or better than Gavin Slate or any sure, other. Sure. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. And it's like yeah, but we're not the mindset of of, of any artist, and I'm sure you can speak this as a musician. Isn't um, okay? Uh, how many hours am I? And I'm at. <laughs> That's yeah. 600 hours. I picture a guy with like a little sheet of paper, yeah. like checking off his hours as he goes. You know what? I'm kind of glad you said it because yeah. I, I didn't mean to talk about that. I, yeah, yeah. I hear a lot of actors and everything talk about 10,000. I know. And I just let it go because I know what they mean. They, I think they're just using Same. it as a motivational, uh, you know, totally. keep, keep, keep them going. But and it is, know. it's really the only thing that people have been able to latch onto is as the blue color work ethic you know uh, creating something that you want to yeah. create you know how about you do it every day and as much as you can because you love it because you love it That's and it. see what happens you know and I guess I mean for me it's a little different though because um and I guess for any any working uh, creative professional is like you do 
have to figure out a way to monetize it at some point in time if you want to be able to do it yeah. every hour of your day, you know, as opposed to having to work this job to, to oh, spend man. a couple hours. And that's the inevitable. You usually do have to take on some other job uh, to subsidize the, have your, you had, your income. Do you, what, what's jobs that you've had to have? Oh, man, yeah. What, what are the best ones? I've done I lots love, of funny... Lots of funny shit over the years. Uh, I think like uh, my my sort of job that I ended up doing like once and never again was I worked at a, as a golf caddy on a on a golf really? course. I don't even golf, man. I don't even know. I didn't know. It was like a super super rich like golf course, really? and I was like the scum of the earth to these like rich people, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I did one I did one round of that and I, I, I lost one of the um, one of these the women's like she had like a fucking thing on the top of the clubs that protects oh, it. Oh, the little puff. I, I dropped it somewhere on the golf course. She found it later, but that was not a good first impression. Did she freak out? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, man. yeah. She nearly lost it you on lost me. Lost my puff ball. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Rich people problems. So after one round, you were done. Yeah, one one and done, baby. One that's how, that's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How did um, you lose it? We just started. What's that? I just yeah, yeah, we, we we the first hole. Yeah. How did you lose that thing? Still on the putting green, yeah. Um, so that was a, that was a funny one, but I I worked in a lot of spots. Actually, one of the cooler um, jobs I worked a bit uh, sort of through my mid twenties, I guess, was uh, I worked at a shoe shop called Get Outside Shoes, which is right at. Uh, Queen and Spadina area here in Toronto, okay. and uh, they, I, they actually have a, an uptown location as well, and I worked there quite a lot too, but that was a cool job because that, and this is actually an inspirational story. This podcast is about like inspiring people to sure, work, we right? Sure, yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's really just for me to have a break in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go Is ahead. this going out to anywhere right now? <laughs> <laughs> we just, like, you just set up two microphones. Like, just, <laughs> this is not even recording. Yeah, we haven't even recorded. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I worked at this shoe shop called Get Outside and... Um, it, you know, I think at the, it's one of those cool things because at the time it's just a shoe shop and you're just hanging with some fun folks, but, and you don't really know where it's going to lead to and blah, blah, blah. But, um, and not to say it really led me anywhere, but one of my, one of my good, uh, good friends who worked at the store with me was this, uh, producer, his, his name's Paul. But uh, he goes by 1985 is his uh, production name, and he went by that back then. And um, we were, you know, we'd hang out at the shoe shop every day, and he was one of those guys that I could relate to because he was doing production, and we were both struggling working at a shoe shop. And uh, and so, you know, a couple of years go by, we both leave the store. I think Paul actually ended up getting fired, which is hilarious. Uh, and he was a great employee, too. There's no reason for his firing. I can vouch for that. He's listening. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he's listening. But, um, but yeah, so uh, any, anyhow, he, he went on to um, work on a lot of Drake songs, actually. Wow. And so he's part of the OVO production team now and he he wrote i believe he wrote or at least produced um uh like just hold on we're going home zero to a hundred real quick hotline bling wow um you know two two or three others and he's still he's just killing it right now so 
Um, you know, those are the people that you get to meet when you have those quote unquote shitty yeah. jobs. You, you know? find out that there's other people that have the same shitty job. Yeah. Like yeah. And you just can never, you know, higher aspiration. And it's, just, it's just why, you, you know, obviously it's the, everybody goes through that struggle and, uh, you kind of go through you got to find the people that you're going to go through that together with yeah. and then make it out together as well, you know? And so that was, that was just a cool thing to, to be able to watch him accomplish so, so much in, in the music scene internationally. Uh, and, and really quickly too, you know, he probably within a couple of years of leaving that story, he was just writing smashes with Drake really? and part of the OVO production team. And, and you're happy about that? There's no, uh, God damn it. Oh, <laughs> not at all, yeah. You know, and I believe you too, because you're yeah. one of the nicest, most positive people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. And, I'm, and I'm I believe that when you say you're happy for something, you really are. Yeah. You're just like, no, I'm, I'm so that, happy for you. That I can say is genuine, because I do know the feeling when you're, say, you know, someone like yeah. Paul, man, he's just such a great guy, and deserves every little little speck of, of his success because he I know for a fact he had to go through the struggle because I was there with him yeah. you know? and so those are the people that I have all the time in the world for and truly mean it when I say I'm happy for him because um, you know they've they've done done the time they put in the yeah. time yeah and so yeah those are the, those are uh, that's that's sort of what we're saying that blue collar work ethic where you to do a lot of that shitty work just to be able to, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I, well, the philosophy is sort of like you just do whatever you can. If you truly love what you do, you'll do anything for it. It's almost like being in a, in a good relationship. You'll do anything for mm -hmm. it, no matter what it is. And I think for artists, it's the same way. But you've kind of gotten through the struggle now. You're, you're full time. At yeah, this yeah. I mean, it's, I, I've just sort of, uh, I can't really confirm any of this yet, no, but no, no, just that's uh, right. we'll working out. It. Yeah, but work working out a, a publishing deal now with a company uh, in Nashville, which is cool. Wow! Um, and so that will uh, just you know be my into the into the writing world, I guess. And and you know they've got a label as well, so let me you know they want me to do the artist thing too, and um, just put out songs and. And it's taken many, many years. And, you know, I think for any up and coming artist, the key is to not necessarily jump at the first thing that gets thrown your way. Because there's so many wannabes out there and so many people who just want to tell you, you know, what you should do or how they can help you in this yeah. way. And, yeah. um, and it's, you got to be a little bit, uh, you know, have have your guard up a little bit for the in those scenarios because there's just so many people who want to try to capitalize and could make you sign something that's so so shitty. And you got to oh, remember, yeah. like, you know, it should it shouldn't be exciting when someone offers you a contract. It should be a little bit scary and terrifying because why, you know, a good scenario is somebody who doesn't want to offer you a contract <laughs> and just wants to help and you. You have to you talk know? them into it. You have to yeah. talk. Well, not even. You know, I don't. You know, if I could do this and you know have the commitment from someone without a contract, I would much prefer. Oh, same here. Prefer that. But but the truth is that at some point in time, um, you probably will want to uh, have somebody on board helping you, and you know. I think that's what it is too. Is like yeah, a lot of people they want to just like you said they want to take what you're doing or even your work. 
and say, uh, I, I want to be part of it. I want to own it, own mm-hmm. part of it, so that if anything yeah. happens, and they don't really want to do anything, it's just like, just in case something happens with it. <clears throat> That's it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to kind of ride the elevator up. That's you. exactly, yeah. And, and it's like, no, it's, you, you want someone, like you said, it's, it's essentially a partnership. Yes, exactly. You know, ride the elevator with me, but ride it with me. With me, Don't wait for me to, right? Yeah. That's the biggest thing, like, is, you know, and and to sign, you know, some people get the great deal, and the first thing they get offered, they sign it, and that might be, it works for some, but for me anyways, you know, I've waited a while, and um, was offered a lot of shitty deals before really? figuring, you know, and, and wait, waiting for the right one. And Did you sign any of them? Like where? No, like no. That? You, I just, oh, you were smarter than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's it's. Crazy. I wasn't in a rush. Uh, that that goes again to the ten thousand hours back to that thing because it's like. It's not, it's just in your blood or it's not. Like, I wasn't worried when my deal was But that's was fascinating signed. to me. You're not, like you just said, you weren't in a rush. Like, forget mm-hmm. the 10,000 hours thing. Mm-hmm. That just goes to skill, really, the 10,000 hours right. thing. Right, yeah. But when you're talking about <laughs> success and wanting to get there, I think mm-hmm. that's why most people, like you said, they'll just sign it the first thing that comes their way. Yeah. But you weren't doing that, so why Why not? Like, what, what made you go, no, 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 I don't need to go there yet. I don't need to have my work out there yet and be... internationally renowned yet yeah well i think it's just it's just because the it's a bit of a fallacy to believe that people are going to that the second you sign a deal your career is going to take off in some exceptional way yeah and so from for me that was always the thing i was like i don't see any in the in these deals that you guys are presenting I don't see this being a mutual thing I see me kind of doing what I'm already doing on my own but you guys just paying me a little bit and capitalizing off my success so that it was always very one-sided uh one-sided uh offers I guess and so I, I just wanted to um be cautious and and I just realized I mean it's for what I do you know um it it was up to me to to create the success and you know that's sort of not that I'm some huge international artist but I've been fortunate enough to have a few film placements that have gone yeah. international yes it's, saving hope uh, saving like hope you and this year rookie blue was, rookie a, blue, was yeah. a really cool one the makeout scenes always it seems to be but it's great you do write a good makeout that's scene. right yeah, yeah. Gotta, yeah. I mean the first time I heard do you know from personal experience is that why no honestly I I <laughs> no, but I did make a joke the first time I heard one of your songs. I was like, I'm going to make out with this guy. <laughs> well, you have that like soothing, sultry voice. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Soothing, and, sultry voice. And I, Welcome. I, honestly, because I, 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 I've had your CD and I played it for people. And everyone I played it for is like, wow. Like, cool. <laughs> no, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Like, you're, you're one of those those artists that people don't know who you are like you said not internationally and stuff yet but then Mm -hmm. when you play it it's like where the hell has this guy been it's cool yeah i mean i've always liked being i'm not uh, trying to stroke your ego i'm just no no that's cool it's cool to hear that um and it is you know I, i do feel like that a lot of the time where it's like even when it comes to music production like it's fun to be the underdog a little bit and i think as soon as you sign that big deal or whatever it is like then people are like they expect it to be of a different quality like it's fun to 
it's fun to be surprising and have people shocked when they think it's just going to be some shitty. Well, that's just it, right? When you're independent, when you're unknown, people do expect lesser quality, but not just in terms of the production value, but just the artist isn't, it's like, okay, well, yeah, Yeah. it's it's not bad. Yeah. Then someone comes along like you or a couple of the other ones that we know too. Mm -hmm. Like I had Emily on. Oh, you're great. Months ago. And same thing. It just knocks your socks off and you go, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why isn't this person, you know, like, like it's, honestly, like my thought is, and this is kind of self degrading. Like, why are you talking to me right now? Oh, come on, <laughs> like, man. like come not, on. and I don't mean it that way. I, I just mean like you shouldn't be in a little room in downtown Toronto. You should be in the stratosphere right now. Oh, whatever. And it's man. now, really, now I am stroking your ego. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but no, but that's honestly how I feel, and and everyone I play your music for feels the same way. So, getting back to what you're saying, though, you're you're starting to get to a point now where you're sort of making deals and things like that with people? Is that what's going on? Yeah, well, just, I mean, just trying to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, just working out a publishing deal right now. And um, I I actually just, I was telling you a bit before, I I was fortunate enough to get funded by Factor for my... uh, for my new record and and actually also the Ontario Arts Council, so name name dropping here. I just gotta gotta get my money's get to give them their money's worth. <laughs> no, they're both. I love how in Canada that's considered name dropping. <laughs> you know, I'm working with the Ontario Arts Council <laughs> and uh, federal funding for. In this uh, case, it's like yeah, I made made an album with Drake and I'm working with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it's like the Ontario Arts Council uh, bragging. <laughs> no, no, but they're both they're both extremely uh, supportive to artists uh, across Canada and um, it's been you know that's sort of enabled me to put out this new record I think it's going to be coming out in the summer um, I, again independently so I'm just just putting it out independently this time but hopefully I mean we're, we're, this one's a little bit uh, I guess it's probably close I don't know which one you have but I did I put out like an acoustic record uh, recently, which was really stripped down, but I, that's what I wanted to do then. But yeah. this one, I wanted it to be a bit bigger because I've been doing more production. So I did uh, a few of the tracks on it. I produced some of them, and then I worked with uh, another producer, Tim Abraham, who's works uh, out of here in Toronto, and he actually did uh, our pal. Beth, I think you know Beth Moore, right? Yeah. So he did Beth Moore's last record, uh, which. She got some great love from the CBC here, which is awesome. Yeah. But, um, I haven't seen her in years. Last time I saw her was with you, actually. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so anyways, um, that's that's probably going to be coming out in the summer, but I'm putting out, a, I was just telling you, I can't remember now what we've oh, talked about before uh, or on the air. Just but, follow the train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm putting out a song this week called Death Row, which yeah. is like an old one. I'm sort of... I was I, I have a few songs kicking around from a little while ago that I'm I'm kind of calling them like the mixtape sessions. So oh, like cool. so you know kind of how hip hop artists put out mixtapes. These ones are the ones that didn't make the album, but will sort of be scattered throughout the next couple of years. Some uh, some mixtape sessions, if you will, and um, just just songs that suited more of a single release. Uh, and everybody's always nagging about songs that they yeah they've heard live that I never put out, and so yeah, this sort of satisfies that uh, uh, that demographic. I guess. Are there sort of songs like that that you do like when you're doing a live show that you just prefer? You know, this is just gonna sound better live. I don't need to put this on an album. Like, is that a conscious decision? Is yeah, it's actually that's an interesting question because 
there's songs that I probably have never played live or rarely play live because it just doesn't come across the same way as the production. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whether it creates, you know, a lot of times something that just, you know, when you don't have the full band there to play it necessarily, it doesn't work acoustic or, you know, so I tend to, my acoustic stuff, I really tend to focus more on just those emotional slower songs because that just goes over better when it's a guy and his guitar. Yeah. Um, and then some songs, yeah, they just don't translate quite as well as just a single guy on a stage. So, um, yeah, so I think a lot of, the, even, you know, a lot of the, uh, well, I guess in particular, the, the track, I've, I've played it a couple times live, but uh, a song called Hold You Close was in mm-hmm. Rookie Blue. And yeah. That one's a little more produced, so, you know, have I played it acoustic? Yes, but um, it tends to just be a little better. Uh, when it's got the full production and yeah, it's, it's just a bit more of a produced song. So yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. And I think the new stuff too, like when you, when you get a chance to hear it, there's definitely a couple that would be, you know, that I, that I do play. I'd say about half the record still feels like my acoustic stuff mm-hmm. vibe wise. And then the other songs are just, you know, probably closer to like that hold you close sound. Um, but it's definitely more uh fully produced record this new one um yeah but you'll hear it all soon yeah i can't i'd actually meant to bring some songs for you to listen to but i don't really have i mean i can play them off my phone i guess but uh yeah yeah well come on man anytime like you've done that before where you send me some stuff online and it's like whoa and then you're and you always tag it with like this isn't really the finished version. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? There you go. That's the needing a second set of ears on it. You know, yeah. it, it sort of lets you conclude that the song is done when you have that you know other producer friend to yeah. approve it for you. So you you were because we well we were trying to set up this interview for months mm-hmm. and it's just it's just yeah. you are a, a very busy guy. Well, yeah, it was also you got sick for a I couple got sick weeks. For so a few weeks yeah, so you're a busy guy too, man. No, I'm not as busy as yeah. you. But, <laughs> but, but you um, so every time I talk to you, you're 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 in the studio. You're doing these these different things, right? Yeah. How often is it? Because I'm just curious. You're doing all of this stuff that you just say, okay, I'm gonna sit down and write a song. Yeah, I mean, well, the funny part about this, the most of the time that I'm, I'm, that's or most of most of my time is occupied uh, writing songs, but it is. sometimes okay. you know, at least over the last couple of years, I've been working a lot with artists um, for their records. I've had you know like writing for them yeah yeah writing for them i've had a lot of um work in the country pop genre um and we've had some songs on radio uh over the last couple years which have has been pretty cool um because a lot of the a lot of the country genre is driven by songwriting and so that i didn't know that and i so i didn't you know growing up i didn't know that country was going to be an area that writers you know songwriters would, yeah uh fluctuate towards but um i sort of sort of started to figure that out having gone down to nashville a bunch and yeah. um then saw that there was just a lot of a lot of artists looking to write more emotional songs or whatever you know or radio songs or and because your stuff works. really is emotional like a, yeah a, most of the songs of the year like it really comes from a very raw emotion yeah yeah like. and i think when it comes to writing for others 
I, it, it took me a while to learn that that thing that I do on my own isn't going to work, uh, exactly to what an artist needs who is on a major label, but it's finding the hybrid, I think of the two and sort of bringing some of that content, whatever you do over here that makes it special, bringing that into the mix of what country music is and sort of finding this middle ground and pop, you know, pop music as well. Um, I've been writing too. So kind of just, kind of just whatever, uh, I, I've always been of the mindset that I just love writing songs every day and I don't always want to write my stuff. I don't always want to write pop. I don't always want to I write get country. That. Yeah. I just want to write songs, you know, and, I get and, that. and play, play live and all that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I know when I'm writing a song for myself, you know, and that's when, when I When was the last time you wrote a song for yourself? Mm, last, was, last week, yeah. Well, what, I mean, obviously, if it's a work in progress, but what was it about? Like, what inspired it? Um, that's a good question. We th- that one was sort of just uh, again that that one was interesting. I was writing it with another person, mm-hmm. but I knew that it was my like for myself. So it's like you go you go about it in a different mindset, I guess, and mm-hmm. so. This one was just about, you know, love love songs or love gone wrong. I think this one was. But you have a lot of songs thing. about love gone wrong. Have you been yeah. crushed? Have I've been, been crushed, Will. I've been crushed. Because you're... No, I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm a single guy. And it's in the world that we live in now, it's it's just a different... There's a lot of a lot of that, you know, and it's fi- finding that special someone. It's great if you do, but when you don't, there's a lot of... A lot of stories that can be written and yeah. it ends up being where you draw a lot of the time for emotional content you know so on the journey of yeah to so i think it's so. yeah i think it's been a tough ride and um it's easier for some but i think a lot of people what, what's interesting when you write those dark love songs or breakup songs or whatever um that those tend to be the ones that people relate to the most because yeah. it's the it's the truth, and it's also the ones that radio won't play. So <laughs> that's that's also the other the other side of that. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's what most people can relate to, you know. And there's obviously people in happy, healthy relationships, but I think even in those scenarios, you see glimpses of the oh, yeah. dark side, you know. Oh, so yeah. so I think those dark sides, they as much as. You know, a lot of people have found true love and whatnot. And I think fuck them. Yeah. Fuck those people. That's the, <laughs> that's the minority. Baby. But uh, I think, no, I think that that's like, that's, it's special if you've found that. But I think, to be perfectly honest, I think less people have found that than we perceive there to be. And so oh, yeah. those darker songs are what people actually love to hear when you play them live. You know, everybody wants to hear an upbeat song in the mix, but... <laughs> but you know what, and, and this this is going to sound like a really silly question, but you're a guy, you're a good-looking guy, you're immensely talented, you are always got a smile on your face, you're always very positive, very happy, upbeat guy, mm-hmm. you're busy, you're career-oriented, you're goal-oriented, you have all the qualities going for you. How could a guy like you have so much to write about in that area? Because I would think... Man, you must just be like 
you must be the one on the opposite side of that going, yeah, no, you're not for me. See, so, yeah, uh, you know, like, But it sounds like you're the guy, you almost write as if you're the one that's getting your heart broken all the time. And it's like, what? How does that know. I mean, it just, that that's it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wish I could tell you, buddy. But uh, it's um, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm writing the truth, right? So it's like, you're, oh, writing, yeah, you're writing about... No, I know. I believe I know, it. It's I know. like... I don't know, How man. I, I really don't know. I guess uh, it's just a lot of uh, unfortunate circumstances, but every, everybody goes through that too, you yeah. know, and I think it's, I think it's just some people, uh, I think a lot of people settle for the wrong, in the wrong scenarios too, and maybe convince themselves that they're in a happy, healthy relationship. I've always been the one that's like, you know, it's not right and, and don't try to plow through it. Uh, if it's something that's going to make you miserable, you know, so don't sign the first contract. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go. That's, that's a good example, but, um, I guess that's probably where, what, what a lot of it's from. And do you find it difficult anyway, anyway, like to, to, um, I'm always fascinated when I see people that have uh, a strong relationship or even a marriage while they're doing what you do. Like they're, they're focused on their career so much. And it's like, how did you, how did you balance that? And some people can explain it to me. I think that's others, well. Um, I think you you sort of nailed it there because that's definitely part of what affects that part of any musician's life is just having it. It becomes a big issue when it comes to a real happy, healthy relationship because I would say that ninety percent of my time I'm in the studio or writing or whatever and. To give someone ten percent of your time is not the, enough, you no. know. And so, I think a lot of the time it's just where you are. And the last, you know, through through my twenties, you're really, you know, you're really putting in that work and that overtime to to achieve what you want for the rest of your life. And so, I think that that hinders hinders it a lot of the time is just not being able to vote to devote the right amount of time because you're really you know if you look at it like a business, you're setting up your business and you're meeting with all these people, networking and connecting and blah blah blah. And um, I can just see that you know the older you get and the more established that uh, your business gets, the the more sustainable it is and the easier it is to run that and manage your time and blah 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 so i think that for me i do i do see myself being able to um you know open the door to that portion and get yeah. about more time uh and be be a better be a better boyfriend if you will but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know i think i think that that's a big part of it for sure is because it just it does consume uh, so much of your time a lot of the time yeah it's yeah. hard to even just be social with your friends. That's that's a big, big thing. I mean, I, same I thing. You and I, forget the interview. We've been trying to figure out how to hang yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. For, for, this is the first time I've seen you in about two years. I think. Yeah. No, totally. And Absolutely. It's just like, and that's and the whole reason stupid. I did this podcast, is so I could see you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, no, you, know, I, I, I <laughs> well, you said you weren't rolling. Yeah, well, yeah, make, yeah I'm not. <laughs> well, making a joke, like that was one of the reasons I wanted to start, because like I never get to see my my... Well, not just my friends, but these incredibly talented people that I just want to just pick their brain and find out. Like, yeah. You know, why yeah. is it working for you and not me? <laughs> no. 
I wish that were true. That's the secret. No, it's it's uh, you know, it's a great. I think it's a great thing to do and just be chatting about all this stuff. And I always like doing this stuff too. And just uh, you know, it's more of a conversation than it is an interview. You know, so yeah, it's you can definitely. be be a little bit more candid that way. I think, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just going back to what you were saying about friends, I do, the amount of times I've turned down nights out and all that stuff, like, I, I feel, I genuinely do feel at some point I have to do, like, that big Facebook post and apologize to every yeah. single one of my friends, because I do, I do feel like it passed the point of no return at a certain time where it's like, I they've asked me and I've turned it down so much that I need to, you know, I need to, I, I owe everybody an apology. Let them know that time. you're not, yeah. it's not a personal thing. Right? It's and, not. And I, that's just, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but I, I, I it sounds like for you, it's fairly similar, it but it really does just take over my entire life music. And I, I, you know, the amount of nights I've turned down a, a night of hanging just to like, make a drum track sound better on some demo that I'm yeah. doing. And you don't want to it's, tell them that's what you're doing. No, you, so you can't. Like, so, oh, I'm, so I'm so sick. Yeah, like, no, I mean, sometimes you got to make excuses, but yeah. usually I just tell people I'm in the studio and they get it. And But I think it starts to get to the point where they think me being in the studio is an actual excuse or something. And I, I can guarantee yeah. them that it's not. It's, it's just, I can't explain to someone who doesn't have that type of thing that they love in their life that's right how i'm able to spend that much time doing it very but, difficult to explain to a person yeah. who has just a regular nine to five job or whatever absolutely it's like yeah. you punch a clock and, and and then you go home and that's the end of it yeah and it's, amen to those people man because i can't wrong with i that. can't do that and I the fact can't. that they're doing that is yeah. it makes you know i so can't much either and i can. wish i could sometimes yeah. Exactly. But they, it, a lot of people don't get that the life of, of an artist, and you know what, I gotta say too, like every artist I think has to work phenomenally hard and give up so much of their time. But mm -hmm. I really believe that musicians have to work the hardest at all. Like as an actor, I can go get an agent and that agent can go find me things. Yeah. You don't really have that luxury. You kind of have to go out and get all of your work and be networking constantly. Yeah, I mean, I think as an, you know? as an in, definitely as an independent yeah. artist, like I, I don't have a whole lot of people on my team, you yeah. know, and everything that I've done to this point, you know, besides obviously co-writing songs and working with other producers and blah, blah, blah. But like any of the business stuff has really almost always been myself finding these people and I've been fortunate enough to make some valuable contacts in the you know film and tv world for yeah. placements and so forth so um you do you know you do develop the team but yeah i mean i certainly i think you see a lot of artists or you know they get something pretty early in their career starts to take off like night and day and it's like okay like you got you got a bit of an easy run i guess but you can't hold that against them either because it's just that's that's what the industry is you know and so for me i've always just kept my head down and forget about what everybody else is doing don't hate them for their success you know it's like we're, we are all in it together and you know i think the only way you can prove yourself is by working harder than everybody else and trying to be uh, you know, just improve your own craft every day and forget about trying to be this person or that person or going head to head against that person. You know, that's the quickest way I think to fail because 
if you truly believe that you're going head to head against that guy when oh, he yeah. when he has success you're gonna lose your mind you know yeah. so you just got to forget about all that stuff and uh, focus on your own um, craft and you know you can only you, you know not everybody's gonna be able to be Adele and so you can only be the best version of what you are on a daily basis yeah that's right that's true but no it's it's you're absolutely right i i think competition is it's something that a lot of uh uh people in the business side of show business would like to 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 it's an illusion they want to create inside artists like that it's it's all competitive it's all competitive it's like no mm. it's, it's not competitive when, when the world and the industry is ready for what you have to offer and when you're ready to show them what you have to offer, that's when it'll happen. Yeah. It's got nothing to do happen. with what so-and-so is like. I mean, I know lots and of also, They're all different. Yeah. But they're all brilliant. Yeah. You know? And the other thing, man, if you're a musician, like, and you want, like, you do have to be content with the thought in your head that it might never happen. And that's cool. Yeah. Because I love what I fucking do, and I will do it for the rest of my life, even if I'm homeless, you know? Like, that's, like, that's the degree to, what, to which I think about it sometimes, is... You know, when it, when I found out I love what I do, it's, uh, you know, everyone always says, what would you do if you won the lottery? Yeah. And I said the same thing. Yeah. If I won $10 million tomorrow, I wouldn't change my life, because everyone says, oh, I quit my job and this, that, but yeah. I, I love my... What's funny about that is like in a similar way, I've, I've thought about that too. And it's almost like the, the, that thought process when, it, when you're talking about winning the lottery, I'm almost like, oh, man, I would almost never want to win the lottery because no. it doesn't really affect my life. Because no, I, what I do, you know, yeah, maybe I could benefit from having some money to do this or that and buy some great gear and whatever. But at the end of the day, I don't. It doesn't really change my life. It love might of it. even hard. I think it could. Yeah, because and that's I, I, I thought you know. I think people would start judging you about. Yeah. Oh, this guy's only successful. Oh, this is the actor that got who got the lottery. Yeah, ten million dollars. And you know they would. Yeah. Absolutely, people would. You know, and so I've always, I've always taken that thought. That, you know, some someone, a friend of mine, mentioned that to me and and really embraced that because. It's true. I don't know if I'd ever want to win the lottery uh, doing what we do. You know, I could see it if you work some job you hate. Absolutely. But when I did years ago, I would buy lottery tickets all the time. Yeah. Because I worked a job I hate. And since I left that job, I'm not, I haven't bought a lottery ticket. Yeah. And I guess having money, you'd be able to do some cool things. Oh, I'm intensely poor. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, likewise. Yeah. But it it would be, it would more so uh, benefit you on an entertainment value and it wouldn't really help your career much for what we do, you know. It, it might, and as you're saying, it might actually hinder it. So I think that's the that the, the healthy mindset in this world is, you know, definitely it's great to make money in like in any job, but you don't, you can't uh, get into this job to make money. It's just way too, and then it's the stupidest, if you want to make money, this is the stupidest career to be in because you're getting paid even if you made a million bucks at some point the hours you put in oh. you're probably probably making less yeah, than minimum wage like, five dollars yeah, yeah it's such yeah. a stupid stupid thing and it, what's annoying i don't know if film's taking a hit like music with you know less money in the industry but what's annoying is the um yeah star wars didn't do well so right right that's true but but what's annoying is people's perception that um 
you know, having had a couple songs on radio or in TV, like I think people genuinely look at me and I'm like, this guy must be making millions now. Oh yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. You know, I'd be the first to tell you that's not true. And maybe back in the day when there was tons of money in music and you know, that, that was maybe the truth, but it's, it's not, you know? And so I think f for people to sort of just believe that because it's entertainment, you know, there is always they a automatically, there's yeah. a, like Justin Bieber did make a, a, a lot of money, but there, there was a number that he made and that's it, you know, yeah. like yeah. not it, but it was a shitload of money, I'm sure. But there's always, no one, no one sees a cap. It just seems like there's bottomless pit of money that gets thrown at you. At yeah. Your, you know, they got all the money. Every opportunity. Yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. They're above the law. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. Above the law. Yeah, exactly. But it's true. It's true. I've had that happen too because I've done a few television appearances and people assume, I've had people assume that I'm rolling in it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my Yeah. You've God, had some I, great, some great television spots and you absolutely, absolutely. I had to go work at Lego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. was fun, but at oh, the same totally, time, yeah. I had to wear, you know, a stupid outfit and, 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 yeah. and people have even thought I'm making money on this podcast. Like I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. losing money on yeah, this podcast because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. losing time. Right. But you're doing it for the, for the fun of it, you know, and that's yeah, and because you love and because you love it, you know, that's the, and that's the, um, I mean, that's what it all comes back to with music and why. I'm never going to stop and you're never going to stop doing, doing the acting. You know, it's like, that's, we just do it because we love it no matter what. And the rest is history, you know, so whatever it takes. Have to... you ever gotten to that point where, uh, well, how long have you been, it's like since the first time you sort of uh, picked up a guitar and said, I, I want to do this or sang a song to, to now, how long was that? Like how long ago? Oh, uh, when did I pick up? Uh, I mean, I was singing before I probably played guitar. Okay, so. so... I was probably singing when I was like, I grew up with three sisters, so we, they were always singing, two older sisters were always singing, and we just all started singing together at times, oh, nice. and so I would have probably been like five or six years oh, old. Oh, wow, like so this I, has been a lifelong yeah, just that's for Yeah, Yeah, for vocal, like, and that's that's <laughs> what I do find helped, like, when you, when you can put in those hours before, um, you know, you start getting to, your life starts getting too crazy so when you know as a five-year-old you can devote every hour of the day to that stuff not that i consciously did but you just start learning shit without knowing you're you're soaking it up you know oh i know there's a period where you play a lot of video games i know that oh <laughs> i actually had to uh I probably in my early twenties, I had to sell off my systems cause it just got to be too much. Too much. Yeah. I had to cut myself off. But now that I work in production and pro tools, it's kind of like adult video games. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually the only reason why, why I um, became like an audio engineer in production is cause there's a lot of like knobs and buttons yeah. to push. Yeah. It's like kind of like a video game. Yeah. Um, so it's been like 20 plus years then really. That you've yeah. been, been involved yeah, in some I mean, way in the music. Uh, yeah, so, definitely. My parents definitely played a lot of music for us oh, like, growing up. So Are they musicians as well? My mom is, yeah. My mom plays uh, the flute, actually, in a concert oh, wow. concert band. Yeah, My, my dad uh, like dabbled in guitar a little bit, too, but uh, he's more just a really big music listener and took us to a lot of... Um, he took us to a lot of rock shows like before, you know, 
I think I saw the Foo Fighters first time through oh, Toronto. Wow. And that was your Weezer. first concert, the Foo Fighters? No, actually, I think oh. uh, Weezer's Blue Album oh, Tour was like the first like still. real, real concert. Wow. And that's cool. It was cool because it was literally like, you know, you get to, those are some of the bands from my generation that you got to see the first show that they ever played in Toronto, you know. And so that was like, thankful. thankfully, my dad, you know, he took me, but and I'm always thankful for that. But, um, you know, it was cool to be able to see that before they were playing, you know, most of the amphitheater and stuff like that. Yeah. So Jeez, I actually have, crazy. Uh, I have a t-shirt that I framed that's uh, from the first Foo Fighters show in Toronto. And I was obviously the youngest kid there. Like, I don't know how old I was, maybe 10 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, some woman at the show was she saw me with the t-shirt and she's like, oh, you got to go to the security guard. He'll take it backstage and the guys will sign it. And uh, so we went and gave it to the security guard and this was at the Phoenix. It was at the Phoenix. So mm-hmm. it was like small venue. You know, they were, it was a pretty full show, I think, but um, they weren't the band that they are now. And Dave Grohl wasn't the icon he is yeah. now, but they signed it. They totally, all the original members signed it. And it's like, hey, Gavin, wow. thanks for coming to the show. Like, Dave Grohl. Keep fighting cool. food. <laughs> Keep fighting food. Yeah. That's awesome. It was cool, yeah. Isn't that cool, cool when you see bands, like, before they've made it, like, like just massive success? I think that's always the beauty. Like, I've always, you know, I, I don't really listen to a ton of the Foo Fighters or Weezer anymore. And it's not because I don't think their music's good. Like, I'm sure it's still... They've still got songs that I would like, but there's something that I've always loved about finding those newer bands and helping. It's probably why I became a producer is because I like to genuinely find talent and make, you know, try to see if it will, you know, if other people agree that this, this band is awesome or this artist is awesome, you know? And so it's, that's what I've always loved is like latching onto those artists before, everybody's into them and then once they do have success i'm not the type to be like this band sucks isn't it is uncool you know i'm just like you know they don't really need me anymore they've gone off and done their thing and i'll listen to their old stuff and any a couple new songs here and there but it's like i just want to find the next the next one now and find the you know next thing i was always i'm always more of a fan of i'm not like one of those guys obviously i do love classic rock songs and so forth but i'm not one of those classic rock guys that's like after pink floyd nothing exists you know (laughs) (laughs) which is the truth you know there's people like that it's just really fucking annoying but um do i love those uh classic rock bands absolutely and did they pave the way for the new bands uh for sure but um i think to be the guy who's like there's nothing good after the 80s or after the 90s or whatever yeah. to, to put that sort of thing on it. That just makes you uh, not a music fan. Sounds stupid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just it really is a stupid thing to say because I mean, uh, you're obviously not listening to uh, the talent that is out there right. now. And there's just, you, you've got to be, I mean, what what that says <laughs> when someone tells you that is they don't, they don't take the time to look up new music because Absolutely. there's there's bands equally as good as, uh, as those bands today. And I think, I think back then, they were exposed on a grander scale too because the you had to be scooped up by a label and the label could only sign x amount of bands so there was very minimal bands to choose from back then Uh, you couldn't post up shit on soundcloud and youtube and all that 
So the world knew Pink Floyd. They knew the Beatles. They knew these bands because those were the bands just being drilled in that had the label support. Um, Whereas these days, there's so many bands who can... Uh, who can make it and sometimes some a band might have a incredible sound but can't get their branding together so you know we just never get to hear of them and they could have been the next Beatles or something yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's it's interesting to me always that you know you got to think of it on a, on a bigger scale I think because it's not um, there 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 are in fact bands that are good that aren't from the 80s it's, it's true like there's tons of them and that's what blows my mind so you're when your parents your parents really encouraged the musician thing especially your mom yeah well I think both yeah both are really supportive and they, were, they the whole time they've been like just go they, you know, this. they were different than most parents in the sense that they supported it, but they didn't, you know, they weren't, didn't pressure me to do it in any which way. They didn't even tell me to do it in any which way. They just supported everything um, that we did. You know, but I'm so to say we, because both my sisters are in music That's right, too. Yes. So yeah. really good um, too. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, they did. Uh, they did support us, and they were always there. Uh, you know, driving us to gigs and, you know, wow, that's taking crazy. our guitars home when we needed them to, all that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, we're going out after the show. Going out, yeah. You take the guitars Guitars killing my wrong. buzz. Hey, yeah, you yeah. got that coke ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they were just good. They're just great support for us. And um, that's, that's so sort great. of, you know, not not overwhelmingly so because I, I do see some artists where who their parents are pushing them too hard. Yeah. So it was just it was it was it was great and it was um, uh, definitely probably the reason that I'm still able to do it I guess. Uh, have you so have you had in your whole career then getting back to what we were talking about earlier have you had that point where you just went I don't know I don't know if I can keep going. The Has thing ever, is ever you, you you do have those moments yeah and where you but it's not really for me the same because there's no. There's no way to stop. So I, I just think it's more, for me, it's more of like a, a sense of, you, you hit that sense of frustration where it's just like, oh, how come, like, you know, how is this not working? How can I do better? Well, what can I change? And so you do hit those roadblocks, but I know, you know, I know I've never at any point wanted to Set throw in the towel. Like, that's I mean, I guess that's, I guess you kind of do but when you get really frustrated but it's not for me it's never been I just know I can't it's got to you got to yeah. figure out a different way to make it work and yeah. um, because the love of those good moments is too good uh, to give that all up for you know and I think a lot of the time too it's what's interesting is it's almost it's almost unfair because I think the shitty moments outweigh the good ones um, where whereas I mean you know you're spending a lot of time doing something these shitty tasks for one little payoff and I think you have to be content with that like it's just it's gonna be a lot more shitty moments but that's why you gotta really look at those good ones and be stoked on them when they do come uh, because they might not be as frequent as the down the downtime yeah and so yeah, I think that's one thing that you do have to come to terms with is it's not always this amazing thing. And um, it's uh, even with these big artists who are signed, it's like I, t- I talk to a lot of them and 
you know, you think that everything's great, but it's that's what the label wants you to think, and yeah. it's not always the case, you know. It's all it's, perception. It's all stuff. perception. It's just, and what it goes back to is just working every day and do it, treating it like a job and yeah. being there and putting in the time. You don't always love your job in an office. You don't always love your job as a musician, but it's what you do, and that's what you're best at, and that's what you... Uh, chose it for is because you love it you know that's even awesome. though you don't always love it but you do love it a lot of the time you, do love <laughs> yeah. it. you love it all the time yeah. it's hard to say that sometimes because it sounds like when you say that to people you know i love it so much that it's it just sounds like you're just no matter where you are you're just beaming with yeah i hate that i hate that it's that. not it's not there's accurate. no anybody who tells me oh. that is full of shit oh, and okay. I, the second i hear some guys say that i'm like yeah. i don't want to work with you ever because you, you've obviously <laughs> not be been hell. you've obviously not been through enough in no, this industry right. so how many yeah. days have you have you been at this one <laughs> yeah exactly i want to hear the guy that says it fucking sucks and i love it <laughs> like that's what that's you, what it's are about. you still performing a lot um I'm actually playing the uh, uh, Tin Pan South Festival in Nashville, which is, um, it's sort of like they they do it every year and it's uh, a festival for songwriters. So, uh, you know, some writers from all over the world come out to play it and um, you sort of do like, they do like the songwriter rounds where it's, you know. I have you ever been no. I've been to a writer? Never been. Okay, cool. So I really like, want to go. Yeah, so they, you know, there's usually four writers on the stage, and everybody kind of plays one song, oh, and you cool. pass, you keep passing, the, not passing the guitar literally, but you're passing the, yeah, passing to the next person, um, and uh, yeah, so that's what the Tim Pan South Festival is, and they got great people uh, playing. I can't remember who's playing this year, but that's awesome. you know, on the past, it's always bands you know and are you know definitely the writers it's all the best writers and hit writers you're in Nashville, Nashville a lot like, yeah yeah, yeah. Been, often do you go? been spending um you know probably at least about three months a year wow. down there just uh kind of doing my thing and writing with people down there and uh that's actually where the company that I'll I'll uh potentially be working with is from and um, and yeah, I'll probably be moving there soon too. So that was my next be, question. Yeah. Like yeah. when you say soon, do you mean within the next year or two? Or? I was actually supposed to be down there last year, but, okay. uh, it's, uh, take a bit longer. Okay. So potentially, uh, hopefully this year, I think, uh, could be even the next couple months. I'm not too sure. But really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great city. Uh, I love Toronto. I actually lived here every year up until now. Yeah. So, um, you know, Toronto's definitely will always be my home, but Nashville actually reminds me, you know, obviously there's so much music there, which is cool. So you go into a coffee shop and everybody, you know, gets what you do, Yeah. which is great. There's definitely a small town there too. You know, they've got a lot of that feel too. It's really cool. I, I just like the feel of it down there and obviously more so just the musical presence down there is what... You know, you know how it is when you we are here and trying to talk about the arts. Like, just people don't you know don't I, understand it the same. Way. I was gonna I was gonna avoid going there in this conversation just because it's like the last like well I don't know almost every single conversation I had has been Canada versus U S whether it's I'm talking to actors comedians writers musicians that it's like oh really yeah. we get in that conversation and it's just like ah it's we all know <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just. 
you got to go to the States to get, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't mean Canada's not without its advantages, and it's not, you know why Canada's amazing to develop your talent. Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. it's, it's yeah, I mean, for There's Canada to support. freedom to develop your talent, I think, in this yeah. country, do you think? Well, and what I learned, too, especially working in the country genre, if, you know, not, to, I, I don't think I could ever be a country artist, because I just, I'm not, I'm not cool enough for country. I can, oh, I can only write on. it behind the scenes. Come on. I'm, I can only write it behind the scenes. I need, like, some toughen up. You're wearing and, like, a great hat. I need to, like, I need to hit the gym a little bit, you know. Um, but, uh. Yeah, because we all know that country singers are big and buff. That's big right. and buff, that's right, yeah. <laughs> big yeah. and buff, that's my favorite country singer. That's right, yeah. Big and buff. Big and buff. That should be a country <laughs> artist right there. Um. Well, where was I going with that? Big and buff threw me off. You were saying you can't be a, a, you don't think you could be a a country artist. Oh, what I was going to say with that, though, is I think there's, uh, what I've learned from working in country, which is really cool, actually, um, because so many people, as you're saying, they want to, they just want to try to make it in the States, and then everybody will love them in Canada, blah, blah, blah. But country is actually really cool, because it's the one genre that I've seen that an artist can really have a very successful career just in Canada alone because there's so many fairs and festivals for country artists to play mm-hmm. um, and radio just seems to support their locals. You know, as long as the songs are good, they, they really seem to support their locals uh, to a different degree, whereas pop seems a little bit, you know, obviously there's a lot of Canadian support on pop, but you know, guys like Drake and The Weeknd kind, kind of take up a lot of the CanCon support. But yeah. um, I don't know. It just It's really cool because I see a lot more artists able to make successful careers out of just touring Canada and being a household country name wow. in Canada, which is neat, which is neat. So I, I didn't know that until I um, started working in the genre that you can have a pretty good career just doing the Canadian scene and but that's not what you want though you don't want the country I just that's why I sort of prefaced I I couldn't sell myself as a country well even if you could though it it doesn't seem to be the kind if I if I truly if I could truly pull that off I would do that you you know I think it's I think it would be totally fine to be successful within your own you know to put it in perspective if someone said today you know, you can be a successful pop artist in Canada. You can also write for all these other artists and keep doing what you do. I'd yeah. be totally cool with that. You know, I don't, I'm not the type of guy, I, I don't need to be some celebrity. I do want people to hear my music, but, you know, as long as some people are hearing it, that's cool, you know. <clears throat> Was it ever a decision in the last few years where you were like, hey, things are going well here, but eventually to get to that next level, I'm going to have to go to Nashville? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting for me... Um, I don't know if this is the same reason a lot of other people go to the States, but my music has always done better in the U.S. Like, I've always had more success on, you know, have more success on TV shows in the States, more success with supervisors in the States, more response at shows in the States. I think, truly speaking, I think uh, Canada and the U.S. are very different sounds. Um, I grew up listening to way more American music. Um, you know, I think a lot of people obviously yeah. did, but I certainly dug deeper into that scene. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of the Canadian stuff, but I always flagged that when I was listening to the radio as being very Canadian sounding, not because it was worse. Mm-hmm. Canadian or the Canadian sound 
is it's got more. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because the you know that we're fortunate to get grant money, but it enables the sound to be a little bit more uh, indie sounding, and it can be sort of you know more artsy, more you know it's not verse chorus all the time, you know. And that's what I, I grew up with more of the pop mindset where I loved structured. Yeah, yeah, I loved hooks and I loved verse chorus structure and I loved trying to figure out new ways to do that. Hmm. And that's really what the US a lot of the, you know, markets down there. Definitely maybe maybe I'm speaking more so to Nashville, but um that definitely down there that's what what they loved so much about what I do is it's more of that type yeah. of structured stuff which to me is what almost every band is in the world but uh you know there's there's a lot of cool cooler stuff in Canada like look at a band like the Arcade Fire who has international success um they're doing a lot more artsy sort of stuff and um you know just bands like that are able to make it go Sam Roberts or the Arkells you know they're all, they're Canadian bands they they have a little more freedom to create their own sound you know which is cool yeah. just for me I, i've never that's what i mean like, that's never what i did the freedom to develop yourself as an artist in any in any way here whether it's musician comedian actor writer director is is there's so much there's so much you can do yeah here. it's great but it's just or more liberal if you will you can yeah. you can be outside the box <laughs> a little bit but you know totally but I, then once you reach that point where it's like okay you know, I've I've learned a lot. You know, and I, I'm ready to go to the next level. Well, okay, but you've reached the the pinnacle here. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like to go to the next level and to to get and whether it's international success you're talking about or just to learn, just to to surpass what you've already accomplished. It comes a point where you, like you said, with, with certain artists with with pay here, there's like a talent cap. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. you've reached a point. Where it's just like, listen, we're, we're not going to put your song on the radio or we're not going to put your song in one of these Canadian TV shows because it doesn't fit. But yeah. in the U.S., oh my God, there's, yeah. there's so many radio stations, satellite stations. There's so much more film and television. There's so much more of a platform for you yeah. down there. I think people also want to see, it says something about work ethic to go and conquer another city as well yeah you, know, you can yeah, play in your own hometown all you want but to go and play a show let's say in nashville or you know i, I played eddie's attic in atlanta which is a great acoustic venue yeah. and um and to go and play different cities and just be and have you know a great response from those cities that's like a whole it's just a whole different thing to be able to come back here after that and be like yeah i did this down there and you know, Why don't these you people, people like me? yeah, these people are, yeah, you kind of, it's really tough because you do have to kind of try to go get connections down there from not having enough up here and then yeah. use those connections down there to get your people up here. you found it more difficult the first time or first few times you went to Nashville? For sure. Being yeah. Canadian, did that affect? Definitely. It yeah. did. Yeah, did definitely. It? Wow. Um, it, it's not really, but I mean, it does to a degree. You're I mean, not you have from to be, here, so you have a little bit more to prove. Yeah, people sort of people would definitely have uh, exactly that sort of mentality. But I think that's almost any city that you'd go to. Yeah. So it's no different than if I were to go to Montreal or something and yeah. try to make my presence felt there. It's just you're always kind of coming in 
Um, and people are like, okay, show me, crossing their arms, show me yeah. what you can do. You know? Comics, comedians experience that. A yeah, lot too. I was going to say when you were talking about um, musicians having it the hardest, I actually truly think that stand-up comics have it the hardest. Yeah. Because yeah. they're getting on stages with nothing. I'm not, you know, some of my buddies are great at getting on the stage and, you know, warming up the crowd. I just fucking turn into a shell and want to hide, you know. I hate, if someone said to me right now, like, you would never have to talk in between your song, like, that would be just fucking weight off my shoulders. I, I have to tell you, though, like, uh, you know, again, I've known you for a few years. I am not exaggerating when I say you're one of the most talented guys I know, one of the most hardworking, nicest guys I know. Oh, thanks, You deserve man. all you the as success. Well, you as no, well, stop. No, no, no. This is all about you right now. And uh, you deserve all the success you're getting. I'm so glad you're getting it. And I cannot wait to hear the new album. Mm. Thanks so much, man. Yes. Good to see you. Anytime. Good to all see right. you too, man. All right. Gavin Slate. Gavin Slate. Gavin Slate. Gavin Slate. Great insight. Great advice, great, just great all around. I'm so lucky to know this guy, and, and he's, it's, I just can't get over the talent that exudes from this guy. Go see him if you get to, before he's gone, because he's heading to Nashville soon. He's going down there. He's going to be a superstar, man. So if you're in Toronto and you can uh, find out his gig on GavinSlate.com, buy his album. You can find him on iTunes. You can find him everywhere. Uh, and also, don't forget, go to the doingitpod.com website, the website for this show. Leave a comment. I'd like to know how many people are listening to this show. So, leave me a comment. If you listen to the show regularly, or even semi-regularly, or if you've listened to just this episode, and let me know what you think. How am I doing? How's the show doing? What would you like to hear? What don't you like to hear? Is it too short? Is it too long? Is it too much crap? Just tell me what you think. All right? And also follow the show on Twitter, at DoingItPod. I hope you have a great week. I hope you're inspired and you're ready to go and you're happy and you're doing what you love to do. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And thanks so much to Gavin Slate. We're going to go out on on uh, one of his tunes. We're going to go out on the song Time and just sit and just listen to it and pay attention to the lyrics. This man wrote this song. He did everything for this song. And... It's just beautiful. Until next Monday, remember, life doesn't happen to you. Life happens through you. Here we go. Gavin Slate. See you next week, everybody. Well, I think it's time Time to stand up for yourself Forget the past you know so well It's in your hands